Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau. On today's episode, I'm joined by longtime Chronicle columnist Scott Osler, who has been helping me out on the Warriors beat again this season. During our conversation, Scott and I went in-depth on the NBA's historic decision to suspend games for at least a month. Scott, we're here on a Thursday evening at my humble abode in Alameda, California. And full disclosure to our listeners, I've tried the past two days to get a podcast up analyzing the big news that came out yesterday that the NBA is suspending its season. But first of all, the the first time was with Scott, and that was mainly about the Warriors' plans to play what was supposed to be tonight in front of no fans against the Nets. Um, and then the NBA came out announcing that the, the season has been suspended. So that whole co- podcast was basically irrelevant. So we didn't post it. And then to, earlier today, I did a podcast with Aaron Killian over the phone and my app recording the podcast didn't work. So Scott was nice enough to drive all the way from Orinda to Alameda to sit down and make sure that we wouldn't have any tef- technical <laughs> difficulties. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And you know what? If we record this podcast... And then I'm driving home and I find out there's a meteor hurtling towards Earth and going to destroy us all and renders our podcast irrelevant. I'm going to be really pissed off. Yeah, that's the only reason, right? Because of the podcast. Right. For, like, if you're dying in a car crash on the way home, you're going to be thinking, the podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, the podcast is everything. Uh, no, but jokes aside, uh, there have been some serious ramifications to the news yesterday they're extremely wide ranging um and they've they vary in severity in terms of how big of a deal they are um but when the news dropped yesterday that the league was suspending its operations indefinitely now we know it's going to be at least 30 days um what was what was your reaction i was stunned because this is the first the nba was the first to drop this shoe and that doesn't surprise me because I think Adam Silver is really kind of a bold guy, and, and if anybody's going to make that first move, it's going to be him. So, But it shocked me, and it kind of pissed me off for one thing, because I'd just written a column based on the Warriors playing tonight, being Thursday night, a game against the Brooklyn Nets in an empty arena, and that was going to be cool and everything. I'd written my whole column. So I'm driving home, and I find out they've canceled the whole season, so my column is now irrelevant, and I got have to rewrite the whole thing. So that was my first reaction. How does it affect me? But, uh, but it, it, it really kind of shocked me because it really, uh, it's one thing to play games in front of a, in, in an empty arena, but to, to shut down the whole season, man, I've been watching sports for like a half a century, and that just, it just doesn't happen. It's almost like a, a sacred thing. That the world doesn't spin unless baseball, basketball, and football are played within certain seasons and without any time off. So it was crazy. Yeah, and you know the 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 interesting thing about it is the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the league really had no choice in the matter once Rudy Gobert got coronavirus. You know when when I'm finishing up my story and I'm, I'm leaving the Chase Center and I see on TV that they're canceling the Thunder Jazz game because of something strange. It hadn't really come out what what the reason was. I'm like, okay, something's about to drop. Then we hear that Rudy Gobert has coronavirus. And of course, my immediate thought is they they have to suspend the league because once you actually have a name 
to to a player with coronavirus, yeah. it, it changes the whole dynamic. It changes the whole landscape of everything. It's really easy to sit back and hear about the numbers and hear about the cases, but unless you actually know someone, it doesn't fully feel real. And the fact that it was someone like Rudy Gobert, someone who's a defensive player of the year, yeah. all-star caliber player, I think just makes it hit home that much more. Um, but in retrospect, how silly is it that just – a couple of days ago, we were complaining about the fact that we were getting our access restricted in the locker room. And here we are now writing about how the league is suspended indefinitely. And not just the NBA, but really every sporting league in, in throughout the country. The NCAA tournament isn't going to happen, which blows my mind. Probably the best sporting event in America isn't going to happen. Um and it, it kind of reminds you how naive we were yeah. uh, because all it took was, you know, a couple people, really yeah. one person at first to get it. And then it changes everything. And, and, and now just given the numbers, given how much this is spreading, you're realizing that this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. This isn't necessarily going away anytime soon. Why didn't we see this coming? I think Adam Silver did and probably other people, but – we were thinking like you were thinking that just yeah just keep going on but obviously it was a matter of days not weeks or anything matter of days before some guy some guy in the nba tested positive for this and it was gonna have to be shut down time and they it's not like these guys are immune to every disease so it was gonna happen and we just but yet we were still blindsided by it and it was it was nuts so just like whoa how can they shut the whole thing down i'm still i'm still sort of <laughs> it's it's weird you know because I read stuff, and, and basically we're all going to be eventually be exposed to this stuff, this virus. Uh, and obviously the thing now is we want to extend this exposure out so we don't all get hit at once with the virus, which would cause a lot of people to die unnecessarily. And I'd probably be right in the forefront because I'm right <laughs> in the demographic of, of the people who are the perfect target for this little virus thing. But it's, uh, yeah, we, I, we should have seen it coming, and but it's... And and we have no idea now how long it's going to stay. Just kind of a, a little aside, um, the second person in the NBA to get coronavirus was Donovan Mitchell, who's obviously another all-star caliber player, This you know, the, the other best player on the Jazz. And, you know, there were reports coming out that a lot of players were, were, were frustrated because apparently Rudy Gobert had been kind of cavalier. Now he'd handled the whole thing, and obviously he made that joke couple days ago after the press conference where he touched every single uh (laughs) recorder and i'm friends with some of those jazz or beat writers and they're being quarantined in oklahoma city now and so you know they can't travel they can't do anything and you know it's real you know people's lives are being affected by this and um i i wrote a story a couple months ago on donovan mitchell's relationship with eric paschal and right. it was an exclusive type deal. I went to the Jazz Team Hotel, which I believe was the Four Seasons uh, down off market. And I sat down with them. <clears throat> I sat down with them in... Uh... Are you coughing? <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I sat down with them in, in like an auxiliary room at the hotel. And I was told before walking in from the Jazz PR staff, you cannot be sick in any way. Like you can't be coughing. You can't be, <laughs> you know, we can't have you in that close pro- proximity with Donovan. If you're, you know, that, if you're iffy in any way health wise. And 
it was because apparently Donovan is a total germaphobe. He is a total <laughs> freak when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, he had, uh, he had uh, what's it called? Emergency. He had an emergency in his water bottle, and he apparently does that all the time just to guard against, you know, getting sick. And, and uh, I was a little nervous because I actually did have, like, a mild cough at that time. And so I, like... <laughs> didn't want to cough at all during our entire hour long sit down because I was worried he'd like freak out and get up and storm out of the room because I had said that I wasn't sick, which I wasn't really sick, but I was kind of like borderline. And so I can only imagine how he feels. He's like, dude, like I am the biggest germaphobe ever. I'm the biggest neat freak ever. And here I am with the coronavirus. Okay. By the way, I want to read this story in the paper because this is an interesting side <laughs> story. And yeah. that, that, I, I did not know this until you just mentioned that. Yeah, that's no, it, fascinating. Was, it was the first thing I thought of when I saw today that Donovan Mitchell had coronavirus. Um, and I'm sure it's going to only, it's only going to exacerbate his, his cleanliness more, you know, as he, right. as he gets healthy and, and gets, the truth is he'll be, I think he'll be fine. I think Rudy Gobert will be fine. They're in peak physical shape. I'm more worried about someone like, Tom Hanks, you know, who yeah. is around your age, right? And and yeah, that's right. He's an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in, buddy. And I, hey, listen, I'm worried about you and you folks. I've told Connor this the other day. I said if you were a person who wanted to get the coronavirus, the first thing you would do is you would go out and get yourself a job as an NBA beat writer for a newspaper, because that if there's anybody susceptible to getting any kind of sickness, any kind of virus, there'd be an NBA beat writer because you guys are constantly on the road you're you're overworked you're run down you're working day and night you're traveling you're in airports you're in crowded arenas constantly you're just like have a neon sign on your head saying germs come and get me and uh so i I don't even know i'm here doing this podcast with you frankly i was i was joking with a friend of mine the other day and i was like if anyone's gonna get the coronavirus it's gonna be me and he was like he didn't even laugh. He was like, "Yeah, totally. It's gonna be you." I was like, "Sweet. All right. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're in agreement about that." Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, the weird thing about this situation is we we don't have any answers. There's like I wrote a story today that basically said we we have no idea what's going on. No one knows what's going on. There's a lot of questions. We're just getting to the point where now where we're starting to maybe figure out what the question the right questions to ask are because this is so unprecedented nothing like this has ever happened in major professional sports history the warrior the league announced that you know they're not going to they're going to suspend operations for 30 days uh the all teams are barred from practicing or doing any sort of group workout until at least march 16th um they want teams and players to self-quarantine especially the ones who came into contact with the Jazz within the past week or two. Uh, luckily, the Warriors have not played the Jazz since early January. They haven't even played anyone recently that played the Jazz recently, except for the Wizards, who played the Jazz on March 1st. Yeah. So the Warriors are probably fine, but, you know, you never know. Um, the Warriors are actually in the same position that we're all in, where – Everyone kind of assumed, oh, so they're all getting tested, right? Well, actually, no, because they can't find any testing kits. Uh, They 
are getting tested on a symptomatic basis. If you have any symptoms, come in and get tested. But right. I was talking to some of the Warriors today, and he said, we can't find any kits. Like, you know, that's how bad it is. It's kind of absurd that the yeah. Golden State Warriors can't find testing kits, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and some of the testing is if you get flu-like symptoms, you can get tested, and they can tell you that you've got the regular flu, but they don't have the kits to tell you if you've got the coronavirus. So if you've got the regular flu, it's probably not coronavirus. So it's kind of a roundabout way of, of clearing you. But, you know, how how many days or hours before this all explodes? Because we're all gradually getting exposed and we all intermingle and all that stuff. Any day now, it's just going to be, okay, we're, everybody's so sick. The, the the epicenter ground zero for all this was obviously China. The Chinese Basketball Association suspended operations in late January and they are now targeting uh resuming sometime in uh early April so it'll be about a 10 week layoff for them uh assuming they actually do resume resume in early April um and let's say hypothetically that this kind of follows a sim- similar trajectory as China 10 weeks you're that would take us through deep into the playoffs early June, which is when the finals are. We'll have more of my conversation with Scott Osler right after the break. Everything is on the table now. Here's one possibility is that it goes so deep and so long and it becomes such a nationwide thing that eventually they say, all right, we're just going to take the top team in the East and the West, and we're going to play a finals. And sorry about you other 30 teams. It might get to that yeah. point. It might. Uh, I personally think the chances of any more regular season games happening are minimal. Right. Um, because right now, given the timeline, the Warriors would have three regular season games left. Um, obviously, this doesn't really matter for the Warriors, who are the only team in the NBA mathematically eliminated already from the postseason. Um, I talked to some people today who said that if they could, they actually would like to play those final three regular season games, uh, mainly just to kind of use them as almost a preseason for the playoffs. Um, you know, they, they'd have a, a really long layoff from playing, so they'd like to not be super rusty when the playoffs start and, and get right physically, yeah. especially given that they've had to quarantine themselves and probably haven't even been working out. You don't want to have a first round series where everyone's out of shape. Uh, so I can understand the merits of that. Maybe that happens, but uh, I think the bigger question is, do we even have a playoffs? Um, and that to me is very much in doubt right now. And it'll be really interesting. Do you, if you start it later, do you, you know, keep the same format and just, extend it later into the summer maybe start next season later uh do you you know do you do you do shorten it do you do like a five game series instead of a seven game series there do you do you eliminate the first round there's a there's a lot of things you could do um and none of them are ideal um but this this whole situation is so unprecedented I mean, it's like I said earlier, it still blows my mind that we're not having a March Madness. Like, that is yeah. so huge. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being one of the best teams in the country right now and, you know, a Gonzaga or a, you know, I can't even, I haven't even been following college basketball, but Baylor or whoever is really good right now. And 
have no chance. And and guys who are maybe like fringe NBA draft prospects, it's like right. you may you maybe saw then still determine as your opportunity to, you know, surface on mock drafts and, and really solidify your cases getting drafted. The just the repercussions of this are so enormous. Yeah, and there's no really happy way to to finish this off. In the NBA, for instance, whatever they do with the playoffs, whether they wipe them out entirely or whether they wipe out the regular season and just have the playoffs as the teams are stacked up now or try to play the end of the season, whatever they do, it's going to be contrived and there's going to be people that, teams that feel, oh, we got screwed by this. Well, that's just the way it is. There's, there's, no, there's no good way out of this. No matter who wins, if, they, if there is an eventual winner, it it will be there'll be a huge asterisk on this forever. So we're just uh, you know, I tell you the truth, Con. I'm just I hope I live through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we're at. Uh, you got to have the, your priorities straight. Um, kind of some other ramifications. Obviously, not as important as people's health, but uh, um, the Warriors. Let's say their season officially ends is is over. They're not going to play another game this season. They do have the worst record in the NBA, so they would have 14% odds at the number one pick and not be able to, to pick worse than the fifth pick. Um, and that's a, that's another thing that's interesting about this is, like, there's something – there's other things that might be harder to push back, like the draft, which is in late June. You know, you have free agency right after that. You have summer league right after that. So this, the NBA schedule, this – if if you do have to push back the playoffs, you'd have to push back everything, and it's just it's so complicated. There's so much money at stake, um, but the Warriors potentially will have to enter the draft not having the you know NCAA tournament or some postseason ter- or some other postseason tournaments and and uh, conference tournaments to evaluate talent. And several of the top prospects already had their seasons over LaMelo ball, James Wiseman. Um, so it's going to be even tougher on the Warriors to evaluate a, a relatively weak draft. Yeah. But don't you think the Warriors already have their top five, top 10 stacked out and it wouldn't be changed a great deal by the, the big dance and all that stuff. I, I agree with that. I mean, I've talked to several people and, the Warriors know who they like, um, and they know who they don't like. Um, and I kind of feel like I, ha- I, I already have a good sense of what they are going to do in the draft or try to do at least in the draft. Um, I do think it could hurt their chances potentially of of finding a suitable trade. Let's say they get the number one pick. Um, because there's so little film to go off of of the top guys, you know, there, there might not be that team out there that loves, you know, LaMelo Ball or – or an Anthony Edwards so much that they would be willing to give a good package for the chance to draft him, you know? And so there, there's that factor too. On the plus side that I I don't want to sound weird or anything, but the Warriors picked a great season to be terrible, you know, to, to, to have everyone gone and to have a, just a lost season because, you know, imagine if they had somehow had all the guys back except, except Durant, of course, Everybody healthy and Clay come back at midseason like we originally thought, and they made a run. You know, hey, what if they made a run at? They they were in like second or third seed right now, and they had a chance to win another one, and it was wiped out. It would be oh my god, it's all lost. But you know, they <laughs> they had nothing to lose anyway, so they haven't lost anything by this. But uh, 
Um, I'm sure they're not happy about that, but yeah, it's just, it's all weird, man. Yeah, and then there's the financial component of this. Um, the Warriors are, uh, you know, they they average around close to $4 million, uh, north of $3.5 million per home game. And so over the, the seven home games that they'll potentially miss, uh, they would lose out on around $25 million, uh, which is not honestly a deal breaker or life changing money for a franchise that's worth four plus billion dollars. But Hey, 25 million is 25 million. And uh, I'm sure they're not stoked about it. Um, and the bigger thing there is that the league is going to lose so much money. The league is going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars because of this, um, that it could affect the salary cap. It yeah. could affect uh, what players are making. Cause the way the, it could affect the luxury tax, which the Warriors worked so hard to get under the luxury tax. Um, you know, could it affect next next year's luxury tax? It's possible. Um, and you know, the the Warrior, the NBA's business model obviously is dependent on the money that they 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 generate. So uh, they, there is a chance that players might make a little bit less money, um, which sounds crazy, but it's true. That's just how the how the algorithm of the NBA works. Yeah, and so big that uh, this is on top of the the China situation where, you know, the Rockets guys' tweets alienated people in China and it caused a ripple effect and and basically it cost the NBA millions and millions and millions of dollars, maybe in the billions, uh, in, in, you know, stuff they lost in China. So they had that hit, which is pretty considerable, which they kind of tried to shrug off uh, to the out, outside world, but um, then you couple it with this, and it's you know it's a big hit. You know, this sport, these sports are a big business, and they and I know these guys are all rich, and they can all take somewhat of a hit, and we shouldn't necessarily feel sorry for them. You know, Mark Cuban and all these guys are not going to be out in the street looking for you know the next meal or anything like that. But uh, sports going to could be significant changes in terms of the whole financial deal. And the players are going to have to share, and everybody's going to have to share. The, the people who I feel bad for, and you've written about them multiple times now, are the part-time employees, um, the people who are the ushers, the vendors, the janitors, you know, the people who who a lot of times their livelihood kind of depends on that extra paycheck, you know, of, of, of helping out at games. Um, and they potentially could be out a significant amount of money because they're they're paid hourly. They're paid off the games that they work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of these people live paycheck to paycheck. Some of these people, you know, I was saying yesterday, some people might assume that these employees, oh, it's so great. You get to work at an NBA game. It's an awesome gig. Well, these people don't even get to watch the game. They're working. Yeah. So it's a it's a job. You know, it's very much a job. They sometimes that extra income is is the the difference between paying rent or, you know, having enough food for their family. Like it it, it matters. So, um, yeah, I know you've reported on this. What it, what if anything can the Warriors do to help bridge that gap? Well, they can probably do a lot. Uh, I wrote a story today, be in the paper Friday, uh, that you know Joe Lykova said that he's going to do something. He was he was not specific because he's been. He and all everybody else in the Warriors have been hit by this avalanche of, oh my God, what do we do about the players, the trainers? Can we practice? We they're they're dealing with the, uh, all these unknown things at once, and so one of the things on their plate is what do we do to help these part-time employees who are 
if they don't work a game, they don't get paid. What are we going to do to help them? Because some of these guys, you know, there's a few of them that do it as an outside gig and they make a few bucks in, in their retirement and stuff like that. But there's a lot of them that depend on this money to support their families. Uh, some of them, actually, that's their profession. They work the Warriors, they work the A's, they work the Giants. They work. Yeah, I've seen the same yeah. people sometimes. And, yeah, and that this is their whole career, and all of a sudden they're out of, instantly they're on their ass out of no jobs. And um, to the Warriors' credit, so far anyway, Lakeup says they're going to step up and they're going to do something. And Mark Cuban has said yesterday that his Mavericks, he and the Mavericks will will do something to help these people out. And we don't know what that is or how much it is or if it's going to be enough. But uh, yeah, I feel these are, these are the people. <laughs> At the bottom, you know, I, Bob Myers had it right. You know, we shouldn't feel sorry for the players, and we certainly shouldn't feel sorry for the owners. We should, if we're going to feel sorry for somebody, how about these poor schlubs who really... <laughs> you didn't call really, them poor schlubs, though. Yeah, who, who really, you know, without them, the game doesn't go on. They sweep the floors, they, they clean the toilets, they sell the beer, you know. And, and these people are out with nothing all of a sudden. It's not like they're eased back on their salary or anything. They're just, they're, they have nothing, so... I worry about them. Yeah, no, same. And, and uh, you know, I think about them when I'm, you know, thinking about the fact that the Chronicle's out thousands of dollars from the fact that, you know, I booked all our travel the rest of the season <laughs> and I can't get all that money back because I... Yeah. I think I, you should take the trips anyway. What the heck? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Why not? I was actually looking forward to the New York trip. I have a bunch of friends in New York <laughs> and I'm a little bummed, but... You know that's those are small potatoes compared to the big the big uh, issue here. Uh, I want to give some props to our colleagues. I think the Chronicle's done an awesome job covering this. The news people, the you know the people on the on the front lines of of this with City Hall and, and what have you. So I've been really proud of our coverage. Um, I think I think if you go to sfchronicle.com right now. You'll find everything you possibly need to know about this entire situation on both a national and local level. Um, so Scott and I are trying to cover that on our ends with the Warriors and, and other sporting matters. Um, and long term, you know, I don't know what my job's going to be. Maybe this hopefully they give me enough to write, you know, because so, I'm still in season here. I don't want to feel like I'm going on vacation anytime soon. This might be the last time I ever talk to you, Connor. Maybe we'll both get <laughs> lose our jobs and be out in the street tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, that's possible. Um, Let's work the same uh, street corner. Sell, yeah, selling oranges or whatever. We no, do. that sounds great. Um, Scott, thank you so much for for joining me. Thank you so much for coming to my place. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we didn't have any tef- technical difficulties this time. And uh, thanks to Modelo Especial for sponsoring this broadcast. Yes. Not sponsoring it, but yes. unofficially. Yeah, unofficially. Okay. Um, you know, it reminds me of the times during the playoffs the past couple <laughs> years when we've recorded like 2 a.m. podcasts with Ann Killian, a couple Modellos in. So, um, yeah, it's always a good time with Modelo. Our thanks to Scott Oster for joining me on the podcast. It's always great talking Warriors with him. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcast. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review – that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.